0: Chapter 4 of Part 2 of The Lives of the Three Mrs. Dudsons by Arabella M. Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Marriage of Miss Hall and Mr. Boardman. They sail for India. Letters from Mr. B. Letters from Mrs. B. Another letter from Mr. B. It was to no slight sacrifice that the parents of Sarah Hall were summoned when called to consent to her departure for Burma. The eldest of a large family arrived at an age when she could not only share her mother's duties and labors, but be, to her, a sympathizing friend, possessed of every quality which could endear her to her parents' hearts, emphatically their joy and pride. How could they resign her? Especially, how could they consent to her lifelong exile from her native land? to end perchance in a cruel martyrdom on a heathen shore. Can we wonder that the mother clinging to her daughter's neck exclaimed, I cannot, cannot part with you, or that moment of departure must arrive before she could falter. My child, I hope I am willing. Her own feelings on leaving the home of her youth with him who was henceforth to supply to her the place of all other friends are breathed in those graceful lines when far from those who tender care protected me from ills when young and far from those who loved to hear affection from a sister's tongue when on a distant heathen shore the deep blue ocean i see and i know the waves which hither bore our bark have left me none but thee perhaps a thought of childhood's days will cause a tear to dim my eye and fragments of forgotten lays may wake the echo of a sigh oh wilt thou then forgive the tear forgive the throbbings of my heart and point to those blessed regions where friends meet and never never part and when shall come affliction storm when some deep unexpected grief shall pale my cheek and waste my form then wilt thou point to sweet relief and wilt thou then with soothing voice of jesus's painful conflicts tell and bid my aching heart rejoice in these kind accents all is well when blooming health and strength shall fly as i the prey of sickness prove oh wilt thou watch the wakeful eye the dying pillow of thy love, And when the chilling hand of death Shall lead me to my house in heaven, And to the damp, repulsive earth In cold embrace this form be given, Oh, need I ask thee, Wilt thou then, upon each bright and pleasant eve, Seek out the solitary glen To muse beside my lonely grave, And while fond memories back shall steal to scenes and days forever fled. O oh, let the veil of love conceal the frailties of the sleeping dead. And thou mayest weep, and thou mayest joy, for pleasant is the joy of grief. And when thou lookest with tearful eye to heaven, thy God will give relief. Wilt thou then kneel beside the sod of her who kneels with thee no more and gives thy heart anew to God whose griefs unnumbered for thee bore and while on earth thy feet shall rove to scenes of bliss oft rise thine eye where all absorbed in holy love i wait to hail thee to the sky on the third of july eighteen twenty-five the marriage took place miss hall being then twenty-one years old and mr boardman twenty-four his slender figure and transparent complexion even seemed to indicate that his mission on earth might soon be fulfilled but both he and his bride were young and sanguine and no misgivings for the future disturbed their happiness in each other indeed the grief of parting with all they ever loved and cherished though chastened by submission to what they believed the divine call was sufficient to merge all lighter causes of anxiety on the day following their marriage, they left Salem for the place of embarkation. They were to sail first to Calcutta, and if on reaching there the troubles in Burma should prevent their going at once to that country, they were to remain in Calcutta and apply themselves to the acquisition of the Burman language. In expectation of their speedy departure, meetings for special prayer were held at Boston, Salem new york and philadelphia the spirit which animated these meetings and breathed in all the supplications offered were indicative of deep interest in the mission and of united and determined resolution by the grace of god to support it mr and mrs b were everywhere received with the utmost kindness and nothing was withheld which could contribute to animate them in their arduous undertaking and rendered their future voyage pleasant and healthful the captain and other officers of the ship asia in which they were to sail made the most ample provision for their comfort and accommodation and rendered them every attention in a manner most grateful to their feelings at a concert of prayer in philadelphia mr boardman was called to give a brief account to the audience of the motives which had induced him to devote his life to missionary service in his reply he took occasion in the first place to acknowledge the goodness of god to him through his whole life when he entered waterville college the first student ever admitted there not hopefully pious his fellow students impressed with this fact solemnly engaged with each other unknown to him to remember him in their supplications until their prayers for his conversion should be answered six months from that time he found peace in believing and his first prayer was that god would make him useful his mind was so impressed with the condition of our indian tribes that he felt inclined to carry to them the message of salvation but his venerable father whom he consulted as to his duty advised him to wait on god and he would conduct him in the right way after some time his choice was decided in favor of the burman mission by such indications that he considered his call to this service distinctly and plainly marked he adverted in a very tender manner to some peculiar indications of providence especially to the manner in which his parents received the knowledge of his determination the remark was it has long been our desire to do something for the mission and if God will accept our son we make the surrender with cheerfulness in reading this account we do not feel emotions of moral sublimity in contemplating in contemplating these tender and aged parents who moved with love for a benevolent God and for their fellow-creatures surrendered their son bright with talents and virtues rich in learning and in the respect of all who knew him but feeble and sickly in body to the missionary labor whose certain and speedy end is death mrs boardman with her husband took her final leave of her beloved native land on the sixteenth of july eighteen twenty five to her sister when two weeks out at sea she writes we think we never enjoyed better health the beneficent parent who is ever doing us good has bestowed upon us and the officers of the ship obliging and affectionate friends everything regarding our table is convenient and agreeable as we could enjoy on shore our family consists of the captain two mates Two supercargoes, a physician, Mrs. Fowler, and ourselves, Mr. Blakey, the chief supercargo, is not only a gentleman but is a decidedly pious and strictly evangelical in his sentiments. It is a great comfort to each of us to find one who is ever ready to converse upon those subjects which relate to the extension of the redeemer's kingdom. It is most grateful to my own feelings but i am even more rejoiced for the sake of mr b religious society has been to him a source of much real gratification you know very well the love he has ever manifested for social intercourse when in america amidst our beloved friends as i have seen him enter with all his heart into conversation have seen joy mean from his eyes when engaged in this delightful employment i would sigh and say to myself dear mr b how sad you will be when far removed from those whose words now so often cheer your heart what will you do when this favorite rill of pleasure ceases to flow but god is infinitely good he is far better to us than our fears he bestows upon us every blessing essential to our happiness and usefulness. It is not the want of privileges that I need lament, but the misimprovement of them. In another letter she expresses her mature conviction that the missionary life, if entered upon with the right feelings, may be more favorable than any other to promotion of spiritual growth and certain it is that trials and even persecution often develop the power of christian principle and the strength of religious faith while ease and outward prosperity seem to lull the souls of believers into an unworthy sloth and sinful conformity with the world around them the soldier of christ must maintain a warfare and when will he be more likely to consent awake to his duty than when surrounded by the open and avowed enemies of his master. From Chitpur, four miles above Calcutta, Mr. Boardman writes: It gives me much pleasure to write to you from the shores of India. Through the goodness of God, we arrive at Sandheads on the twenty third, after a voyage of no hundred and twenty seven days. We were slow in our passage up by the Hooghly, and did not arrive in Calcutta until the second. We had a very agreeable voyage, a religious service at meals, evening prayers in the cabin, and when the weather allowed, public worship in steerage on the Lord's day morning. Allow me to add that we entertain a hope that one of the sailors were converted on the passage. The report of our being at Sandheads reached Calcutta several days before we did and our friends made the kind preparations to receive us soon after the coming in sight of the city we had the pleasure of welcoming on board the asia the reverend mr Hill. he informed us that the burmese war was renewed after an armistice of several weeks and that no well authenticated accounts had been received from our dear friends judson and price at ava it is generally supposed that they are imprisoned with the other foreigners and have no means of sending around to bengal at noon december second we came on shore and were received very kindly by the english missionaries we found mrs coleman waiting with a carriage to bring us out to this place the cottage we occupy was formerly the residence of mr and mrs eustace carey mr and mrs wade mrs coleman mrs boardman and myself compose a happy family but we long to be laboring in burma we are not yet discouraged by the dark cloud that hangs over our prospects there we still hope and trust we firmly believe that eventually this war will attend to advance the cause of christ in burma we hope our friends at home will not be discouraged but will continue to pray for us in another letter he says and now my dear parents wish you could make a visit to chippepore you would find your two fond children sitting together very happily and engaged in writing letters to their beloved american friends our mansion to be sure is but a bamboo cottage with a thatched roof but it is a palace compared with most of the native huts around us but you know a large house is by no means essential to happiness food and clothing sufficient with the presence of God, are all that is absolutely necessary. Could a man in addition, one confidential friend, who sympathized in all his joys and sorrows, and with whom he could enjoy all the endearments of social life, he may be happy indeed. And such a friend, such a wife I have in my beloved Sarah, I fear I shall never be able to discharge the obligations I feel toward you for conferring on me so great a blessing mrs b also writes to some acquaintances unite with me my respected friends in gratitude to god that he has preserved us through the dangers of a long voyage and permitted us to land upon heathen shore oh may this renewed assurance of his kind care teach me confidence in his promises and fill me with ardent desires to be constantly employed in his service our voyage was remarkably pleasant our suffering from seasickness was much lighter than we had anticipated our accommodations though by no means handsome convenient and comfortable as we could desire our table was well furnished with the necessaries and many of the luxuries of life captain Sheed, and the other gentlemen on board treated us with the greatest kindness and appeared solicitous to make our situation agreeable in the society of mr blakey the supercargo we took much delight he is a gentleman of eminent piety belonging to the presbyterian denomination we had evening devotions in the cabin when the weather allowed and we had divine service between decks on the sabbath a precious privilege while at sea, my time was spent in a very agreeable and i hope not unprofitable manner the principal books i read beside the bible were the life of parsons lowe's lectures on hebrew poetry part of fuller's works and of jones church history supposing the study of the word of god well calculated to prepare my mind for the missionary work i directed my chief attention to that we had one very interesting exercise during the week several of us collected as many passages of scripture as we were able upon a subject previously named and on sabbath evening we compared our separate list and conversed freely upon the doctrine or duty concerning which we had written in this manner we discussed many of the most important doctrines and duties contained in scripture as we drew near calcutta our anxiety respecting the fate of our dear missionaries at ava increased we trembled when we thought of disturbances in burma and there was only one spot where we could find peace and serenity of mind that sweet spot was the throne of grace Thither we would often repair and lose all anxiety and fear respecting our dear friends and our own prospects and the missionary cause in Burma. It was sweet to commit all into the hands of God. If not deceived, we felt the importance of constantly pleading for a suitable frame of mind to receive whatever intelligence was for us and for a disposition to engage in the service of God at any time and in the place he might direct we considered our duty to supplicate for grace to support us in the hour of trial and for direction in time of perplexity rather than to employ our minds in anticipating the nature of future difficulties and in fancying how we should conduct in an imagined perplexity this is still our opinion then follows an account of their arrival which we have already given in Mr. Boardman's letter. And she adds, Imagine, dear Mrs. B., our joy at meeting those with whom we hope to be employed in labors of love among the poor Burmans. I shall not attempt to describe the emotions of my heart when I entered the little bamboo cottage we now occupy, where I skilled in perspective drawing i would send you a picture of the charming landscape seen from our veranda in a little hut near us reside two christian converts from heathenism oh how your bosom would glow with grateful rapture to hear their song of praise and listen to their fervent prayers we prefer living in this retired spot with dear mr and mrs wade and mrs coleman to a situation in calcutta we can pursue our studies with less interruption, and also have the advantage of Mr. Wade's assistance. The war in Burma still continues, and there is at present very little prospects in our going to Rangoon at once. We still look to Burma as our earthly home, and daily pray that we may be permitted ere long to enter that field of labor. We rejoice that we can commence the study of the language here. We have not an instant regretted that we embarked in the undertaking. In another letter of latter date, she writes from Calcutta, in compliance with the advice of our friends, we are now residing in a pleasant little house in Calcutta. I regretted exceedingly to leave the peaceful, retired shades of Chipur for the noise of the commotion of a city, but duty appears to require it the climate at tippur is insalubrious in the hot months and we all cheerfully submitted i feel my dear friend that we are wanderers i can look to no place as my earthly home but burma we have not yet heard from the brethren at ava oh that our father in heaven may prepare our hearts for whatever intelligence we may receive on monday last i attended the examination of mrs coleman's schools imagine my feelings at seeing ninety-two little bengali girls whose mothers are kept in the most degraded ignorance and superstition taught to read the scriptures this was only one division of the schools the whole number belonging to this society is near four hundred there are also many other interesting schools in calcutta Mr. and Mrs. Wade, with Mr. B, and myself, still compose our family. We are very happy in each other, are blessed with excellent health, enjoying facilities for learning the language, and in short, possesses all we could desire. We feel our warrant for ardent piety. Pray for us, for weak are we, and sinful. A letter to one of her own family about the same date shows that her zeal for the conversion of the heathen did not at all weaken her desire that her own kindred might be a true follower of jesus after mentioning that a burman teacher has procured for them etc she says i often imagine myself in the midst of that dear family where the happy hours of childhood flew away sometimes i fancy myself entering the room in the morning and seeing you all kneeling around your family altar. My brother, have you a heart to pray to God? Have you repented and turned to Him? Or are you careless and indifferent, respecting your precious soul? No, I cannot believe this is the case. Indulged as you are with hearing the gospel and other means of grace, you cannot be indifferent the time is coming when the religion of jesus will be indispensable to your peace of mind you must pass through the valley of death how can you endure that gloom without the light of god's countenance you must stand before righteous god at the judgment what will be your state of soul if jesus is not your friend think of this a letter from mrs wade written from the spring following speaks with enthusiasm the pleasure they have enjoyed in the society of Mr. and Mrs. B., and, like theirs, breathe ardent wishes to be able to go to Burma. These wishes were soon to be realized. A letter from Mr. Boardman, dated Calcutta, April 12, 1826, commences. My dear brother, the joyful news of peace with Ava, and of the safety of our friends, Dr. and Mrs. Judson." And Dr. Price, you will doubtless receive from other sources. We can only say that this preservation of our friends, both at Rangoon and at Ava, seems to us one of the most striking and gracious displays of God's special care of his people and his cause, which has been experienced in modern times. Brother Wade and myself, with our beloved companions, expect to leave Calcutta in six or eight weeks, to join brother Jetson, as rangoon is not retained by the british we do not think it is best to recommence the work there but rather to settle in some of the towns which are by treaty ceded to the british the members of the church in rangoon are collecting and will probably go with us we need divine direction we have great reason to be thankful for the health we enjoy we long to proceed to Burma and engage in the delightful work before us. May God's strength be made perfect in our weakness. But his cherished enterprise was still longer delayed. By the solicitation of the English missionaries and the appointment of the American board, he was induced to remain in Calcutta a while and preach in Circular Road Chapel, recently vacated by the death of of mr lawson mr wade and his wife reached rangoon on the ninth of november and found there the desolate and heart-stricken mr judson and his feeble babe of whom mrs wade was able for a brief period to supply the place of a mother the place fixed upon as the seat of government in the newly acquired british territory in burma was amherst on the martaban river about seventy-five miles eastward of rangoon this place was laid out by the british engineers under mr judson's direction and in an incredibly short time became a city numbering in thousands of houses in southern india houses are built almost in a day and the population fluctuates from place to place with a facility surprising to the Europeans, it is only necessary to make a clearing in the jungle and erect barracks for a few soldiers and, as water rushes out at once into hollows, scooped in the damp sea sand, so do the natives of India swarm into the clearing and create a city. To this new city of Amherst, Mr. and Mrs. Boardman came in the spring of 1827 and joined Mr. and Mrs. Wade and Mr. Judson. It was bitterly painful to them to learn that the wife of the latter, that noble and beloved woman whose life had been preserved as if by a miracle in a thousand dangers, and from whose society and intercourse they had hoped and expected the greatest pleasure and profit was the tenant of a lovely grave beneath the Hopia tree, and even more immediately distressing to find that her broken husband was just about to consign to the same dreary bed the only relic remaining to him of his once lovely family. The sweet little Maria, one of Mr. Boardman's first labors in Burma, was to make a coffin for the child. WITH HIS OWN HANDS, AND TO ASSIST IN ITS BURIAL. POOR BABE, SO CLOSED IN ITS BRIEF, EVENTFUL HISTORY, AN INNOCENT SHARE IN THE TERRIBLE SUFFERINGS OF ITS PARENTS, IN THE MIDST OF WHICH, INDEED, CAME INTO THE WORLD, LIKE ITS MOTHER, IT HAD SURVIVED THROUGH COUNTLESS THREATENING DEATHS, AND REACHED WHAT SEEMED A HAVEN OF SECURITY, ONLY TO wring ITS FATHER'S HEART WITH AN INTENSER PAIN by its unexpected and untimely death truly the ways of god are past finding out and his judgments are deep from a short poem full of sympathy and pious sentiment which was written by mrs boardman on this occasion we select some passages ah this is death my innocent tis he whose chilling hand has touched thy tender frame thou heedest us not not even the bursting sob of thy dear father now can pierce thine ear thy mother's tale replete with varied scenes exceeds my powers to tell what other harps and other voices sweeter far than mine shall sing her matchless worth her deeds of love her zeal her toil her sufferings and her death but all is over now she sweetly sleeps in yonder new-made grave and thou sweet babe shalt soon be pillowed on her quiet breast yes ere to-morrow's sun shall gild the west thy father shall have said a long adieu to the lasting lingering hope of earthly joy for thou maria wilt have found thy rest thy flesh shall rest in hope till that great day when he who once endured far greater woes than mortal man can know who when on earth received such little children in his arms graciously blessing them shall come again then like the glorious body of thy lord who wakes thy dust this fragile frame shall be when shalt thou mount with him on angels wings be freed from sorrow sickness sin and death and in His presence, find eternal bliss. End of Chapter Four, Part Two.